Hey, what's up? This is Chris number two from the band Anti-Flag. You are listening to All Things Music. Much love, much respect. We hope to see you in the pit. Peace. Presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. What is up? Welcome to another new episode of All Things Music Podcast. We're coming at you live in the middle of February in Ohio, so you know that means we've got absolutely nothing to do besides podcast. Uh, how you doing, Ian? How you doing? I'm all right uh, with having absolutely nothing to do except this podcast. Right. <laughs> but that also means that our our listeners also have absolutely nothing to do except listen to this podcast. So it kind of works out. Uh, thanks for joining us again. Uh, you know, we got a really, really busy schedule coming up. Ian and I were just talking about that. We've got some big bands. Uh, I guess I can say who we've locked in so far. We have Escape the Fate coming on next week. Um, and then in mid-April we have volumes, so those two are 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 booked. We also maybe might, depending on if we can connect, uh, have Ill Gates on. Uh, so that that is one that is up in the air right now, but we're hoping to have him on. Uh, am I missing anybody, Ian, or is that everybody? Oh yes, uh, Earthquaker Devices—they're going to be on in mid-March. Mid-March. So yeah, I, I can't even keep track. We just got all kinds of. Oh yeah, and bad omens, bad omens. Duh, they're coming on. Uh, when is that? I don't know. Again in March. Yeah, and then way down the road, we got our festival circuit, Song Temple, Incarceration, hopefully Mayhem Fest. Gonna be a sick summer. Uh, yeah. So a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we are joined today by a friend of mine, someone who's been in the business probably as long, if not longer, than me. Uh, introducing Mike Tata from. We can say AEG, we can say Agora, however you want to associate yourself. It's uh, it's both. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm the marketer for the Agora, and obviously, uh, you know, we're an AEG Presents venue as well, so, and then obviously there are other happenings outside the Agora sure. in the AEG world as well in Cleveland, so... Uh, yeah. That's... Yeah. When we had Chris Zitterbart on a couple months ago, he kind of had the same problem. He was like, "I'm Chris from all things stuff, just like everything." <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just uh, jack of all trades. But I guess that's what you have to do in your line of work. You kind of can't just be a one, you know, one trick pony. Right. And I mean, you know, the difference between you know when we were you know independent uh, versus switching to EEG was. Um, you know, we didn't really have job titles. We weren't really, you know, specified or... Now it's the corporate world, so you, you're... Well, and it's, it's not even that. It's just we we didn't have defined roles. Okay. And, and um, you know, what I've personally liked, you know, with AEG is that, you know, there's structure. There, there's an actual format. And that, you know, now we are specialized, you know, in a certain, you know... Sure. C- certain uh, uh, task or, or whatnot. Which so. means you can focus more on what you do best. Absolutely. Especially right. because there is always so much to do. Yeah. So. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, and then, you know, going with that, 
with the Agora and the evolution of it, and for those uh, out-of-town listeners, the Agora is a venue that's been in Cleveland for close to 100 years? 1966. Okay, so not that long, but getting up there, yeah. it's, it's a pretty legendary venue, and actually... We talked about this when Chris was on, um, but that the uh, the backstage area with a brick wall, mm-hmm. and you have signatures from all kinds of really famous people. Yep. I even sketched my name in there a little bit when I DJed, uh, but kinda, no one knows You kind of have to. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, Bob Marley played there once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the Agora was kind of that staple for, you know, so many artists that we, you know, look as legacy acts now, but that was their start. Sure. You know, it, you know, you look at Bruce Springsteen, mm-hmm. um, who had the legendary uh, performance in in 1976. It's one of the most uh, pirated and uh, you know live concerts that that's ever existed. Right. Um, fun fact: uh, Rush's first ever sold out show was the Agora Ballroom. And I think I'm not positive on this, but I believe that's why they decided to come back and do their DVD. They didn't do it at the Agora, but they they played at the Q at the time mm-hmm. and they did they chose Cleveland because it was the cataclysm for their success. And there's actually a book out uh, I can't remember what it's called. I used to own it and it went through all the different cities and like what bands were broke in those cities that weren't from that city. Right. And like the the Ohio section was like the thickest chapter in the book. Yeah, so. I mean Hank LaConte, you know, really was a pioneer promoter, um, n- not just in our city but you know n- nationally. Right. And again, he he has every right to say, you know, I, I helped build out so and so. Sure. Uh, which is extremely awesome to say. So. Hell yeah, definitely. And now, and we'll talk about this more, but now you're branching out into comedy, which. I never foresaw being like a major asset to the Agora just because it was never, it never used to be. And now I look at it and I'm like, well, this is a no brainer. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was, it was kind of a, a, a hard start for us. Uh, I think, you know, people looked at, you know, some of the comedy schedule and was like at the Agora, I, I don't really understand. Um, I'm supposed to sit where I mosh. I don't want. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first couple of shows weren't, you know, weren't so great. It, it, it took a, a little bit of work. Um, and then it really started coming through. Um, last March we did Dimitri Martin and th- okay. that was, uh, pretty much a sold out show. Uh, and, and that was really our first success at comedy with it. And then, uh, and then in no- November we did, uh, Burt Kreischer. Yes. Uh, and that was a, a multi-day event. Correct? So the, this, I mean, this was one of the most outrageous things that, uh, you know that we've ever been a part of, and I, I mean, I, I'm not sure if we'll ever get topped. But uh, Burt Kreischer did uh, seven shows in four days Jesus. in November. Uh, four That's of a lot those of material. Yeah, well, it, it's it's all the same material, just okay, uh, d- just different shows. Okay, uh, but four of those sets were recorded for his Netflix special. Oh, um, right, I saw that. So um, is that out yet? I don't have a release in okay. like you know dates on that just sure. yet. If I were to guess, it's probably going to come out early spring. Or so early was that spring. one of those? Because I see a, a lot now, especially in comedy. And Joe Rogan talked about this with uh, who the fuck did he have on the podcast? I don't remember some comedian. And, Segura, Burr. Yeah, it was one of these one of these people. How a lot of the comedy acts now will require you to take your cell phones and and put them in a in a bag and and have them locked away. The, for the set. Yeah, there, there's a, a, a specific company called Yonder Bags. Okay, uh, essentially. Um, and, and how this works in you know, the operation setting is that uh, they specifically have uh, their own staff come to the venue, 
and they take your phone and they lock them in these yonder bags. Uh, it's essentially almost like one of those waterproof um, cell phone carriers, sure. except these, uh, you know, the, the staff locks them away and you can only see that staff in order to unlock them. So, if, huh. uh, you know, we have people out by our smoking section where, you know, if they need to take an emergency call or, you know, w- whatever the case may be, you know, they can, they can unlock it, but they stay locked during the entire, uh, you know, duration of the show, right. which honestly, I think it's so great. Well, um, you have so much engagement. People aren't staring into their screens if they're bored with a certain part of the set or, or well, what have you. Especially in comedy. Comedy yeah. is so critical because if you're not paying attention, you're you're you're, gonna you're just you're gonna miss all that material, um, and, and it's so important. You think they should start doing that for like um, regular shows? Uh, and, and they do. Um, you know, J- Jack White is definitely one of those oh, yeah, artists. Yeah, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, yeah J- Jack White is definitely one of those artists that are more known for having those shows. You know, whether mm. it's Rock and Tours or White Stripes. Um, you know, he 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 has those in his contract. Um, so we personally have only done. I think two or three shows with with the underbag so far um but i i honestly i i hope to see it come through more often um we got nothing but positive what when we did the rock and tour show in august uh we got nothing but positive feedback just because they were in the moment they enjoyed the show and i think a lot of people are kind of you know missing that because so they clientele w- actually ended up appreciating it Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because I mean, everybody just wants to do it for the gram now, and it's I, I, true, man. I mean, I, I, people spend most of their time at at a show or something recording it. They don't even paying attention or watching it through yeah. a screen, and I mean, to watch it through somebody else's screen. And I mean, are, are you really going back into your gallery and going, "Oh yeah, hell no, this is such great quality"? Like, no, like you, you, and that's why I don't understand why people, you know, kind of waste their time. So uh, my understanding behind why the comedians want to do it is because when they do a Netflix special or some kind of, of set, they have jokes that are proprietary in that set and they don't want those jokes leaking out early and then ruining what is, is supposed to be a really uh, hyped up release because yeah. you've heard the jokes before on YouTube or you search whoever and it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and obviously, you know, it, it, it's an interesting situation. I couldn't imagine, you know, you know, doing stand up or being uh, a part of a Netflix special where, you know, this is your material that you're essentially touring on. Right. And that Netflix special drops and everyone knows that material. How is that going to resonate, you know, when you, you go and do a future tour and that's the same material you got? Yeah, people you, are going to already know your jokes. Yeah, you would have to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? Um, you know, during the Burt Kreischer dates, uh, he stick to the same set that he did every single night. However, on the, the last show, on the last night, uh, he did do the machine, and it, it was man, that was just such a treat. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I think that that skit is definitely what he's most known for. Sure. Um, but man, it, it really didn't get old because you were watching him do it. Sure, absolutely. Um, and then you know, you're still doing comedy. Free plug is uh, Sal Volcano. I just saw that. Was that today? That was announced. Uh, uh, we we announced or? yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, yeah. yeah, from Impractical Jokers. That's a that's a decently large name that you normally would see at maybe house of blues or some of these other venues that you're you're getting at the agora which is cool right yeah and i mean uh the comedy is really coming through um and honestly i I think the burt kreischer date uh really really helped significantly he also knows so many people in that world so he can say i did this at this venue in cleveland and look at it now it's 
it's uh, huge. Sure. Well, you also have to look at you know the management aspect right. and the people behind the scenes that you know that were all part of you know kind of uh, launching that Netflix special and uh, obviously the the seven shows that were involved. Um, so you know, obviously they're being a part of it. They're they're kind of overseeing all that. So they're going, wow, this is you know such a great venue. You know, why don't we have it's like a case so, study? Yeah, right. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, not not to be plugging here, but uh, <laughs> Whitney Cummings is is coming in yes. April as well. They have the same management, ah. uh, and we essentially got that show during those those days. It's a trickle down. Effect. Yeah, it, it will happen that so, way. So right? you know, uh, again, I mean, it 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 just kind of stemmed from that, and so. Once that Netflix special comes down, uh, I can't even fathom what comedy is going to be like in our room yeah. because now everyone's going to see it. All the comedians are going to see it. All the people that you know work on the agency side and management sides are going to see it. Uh, and that's when, not that it hasn't already, but that's when that full $1 million, however it was, that renovation is really going to pay off now because not only are you seeing it as a patron just going for a show, but... People all over the world are going to see it on their TV screens and be like, "Wow, this is a cool looking spot." Where is this again? You yeah, know? Uh, absolutely. And I, I think you know, not now that uh, you know, Chris and I have gotten uh, you know a couple of years under our belt and just getting used to uh, the whole AEG side and just getting used to a, a bunch of different things. Uh, you know that you know not everyone sees, but you know overall the goal is just to diversify the calendar because you know. Before, you know, we were doing eight metal shows a month. Which I won't be uh, uh, complaining about it, although I do also appreciate a a versatile uh, calendar. For another good example, great plug real quick, Uh, I just saw uh, Newfound Glory and Simple Plan. Yeah. I'm not a Simple Plan guy, but I I grew up on Newfound Glory, so that one's on my list. It's a great show. It's a great package. Yeah. Um, But, and I mean, Chris, Chris as well, I mean, we're... We're all metalheads. Yes, uh, we. It's abs- Cleveland. We abs- you know? Yeah, we, <laughs> we absolutely love metal. But you know, having to do eight, you know, or so shows in one given month yeah. is a lot, and, and you'll it, lose people because it's so oversaturated. Exactly, and, and before it was, you know, people having to pick and choose. Oh, do I want to do that one, or maybe I can only do two, mm. as opposed to you know whatever else is on sure. the calendar. Um, so with you know just enhancing that diversity. You're going okay. Like I'm not, you know, running my wallet thin here, right. you know, because there's that, you know, variety, and you know, obviously, you know, there's tons of metalheads that don't just straight listen to metal. No, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, again, I, I think it's just a matter of uh, quality of show, and then just keeping that diversity alive, and and certainly uh, the comedy elements already kind of uh, taken off. Did you? I remember seeing an event of hers, but I wasn't sure if it was the Agora. Did you guys book Nikki Glaser? Mm-hmm. Okay, she's one of my favorites. I yeah, love she's her. great. Uh, <laughs> if you enjoy 45 minutes of uh, blowjob material, Hell yeah. uh, she, she's definitely <laughs> worth checking out. Yeah, so she'll... Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, you know who you got to get? And he was just at uh, um, the casino, the Hard Rock, the Rocks Racino, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you could get him in the near future, he's my favorite comedian, Anthony Jeselnik. Okay. Yeah. Love that guy. It's just like really dark humor uh-huh. where it's like he says shit and you're laughing because you're like uncomfortable, but it's funny. Do you right. know what I mean? Like it's like he's really good at roasts and stuff. That's me and my entire <laughs> Well, and, 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 and that's what I've kind of, uh, you know, taken an eye on with comedy is that you know, these comedians have to be so careful nowadays. Oh, my God. Which I think is bullshit. Yes. And that was actually a discussion on Rogan, too. And that's one that, that I really uh I'm, uh I'm interested in because comedy and to this day should still be 
I hate to use the term safe space, but it should be a safe space to be unsafe. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's supposed to be funny. Yeah, and I mean, th- there's a reason you know comedy exists. You know, uh, obviously everyone has their. Uh, I don't know if dark thoughts is you know the, the right <laughs> word, but we yeah. all have that dark sense of humor. Cynicism, yeah. Uh, and you know what? We we all kind of share that too. But you know, you just you got to keep it real. We all we're all there to enjoy ourselves and have a good time. You know, you know, laugh about it. Well, you, you, there's no time to get offended. Or speaking you know, of someone who was just in Cleveland, uh, Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. he got a lot of shit for his last Netflix special. And you know what? And he just said, "Fuck it, I don't care." D- Dave, Dave kept it real. Yeah, and, and that's what I really, really loved about that special because uh he did he didn't have to be careful no because he said exactly what he wanted to say and guess what i mean for you know 20 some years we were used to the dave Chappelle that he's got we a know, brand right and he's stayed the same yes and, and that's what i love about it because now we're in 2020 where we have to be careful he wasn't careful but that's why that's and honestly the the few the very few that were offended by it we're going to be offended regardless it didn't matter if they weren't offended by this joke then they would have been offended by this joke it's just one thing after another and and and, and it's got to be tough as a comedian because you know your longevity is only based on how hot you are it's just it's the same thing as a musician to an extent and you don't want to ruin or risk you know have some kind of louis ck moment or whatever it is right and and, you know it's you know it's almost a a popularity factor too because you you are your own brand and i mean you could be an okay comedian Mm -hmm. but you could be one of the biggest personalities in the world you'll sell tickets like that gosh so uh fluffy is a yeah, perfect example. I love the guy. He's hilarious, but it's not necessarily his jokes. It's just him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, the uh, personality is is huge, yeah, yeah. Uh, and being able to deliver that content is uh, a night and day difference of who you are as a comedian. Steve Aoki is a prime example of that shitty musician, <laughs> even shittier DJ. But he throws cake. But he's he thro- coming to the Agora on March 11th. <laughs> but but he throws cake. Yeah. And, and, and you know? know what? And that's what uh, blows my mind. And, um, you know, Steve is such a huge personality. Right. And, and I'm I'm willing to bet that there are some people that are going to his shows just because it's Steve Aoki. Oh, 100 percent. Like, I love his personality. And I one point used to like his music. But like but like uh, like now, obviously, you know, but yeah, he is no. I mean, if you're going to a Steve Aoki or like a David Guetta show or something, you're going for something else that's not. Well, unless you really like that. But. You're, you're going for the theatrics. Yes. And what I was gonna uh, say is, is you better have a good cleanup crew for that because there yeah. will be all kinds of food on the floor and. Oh, believe me, uh, Steve Aoki ain't gonna be shit. I mean, we, we've done yeah, sure. ICP and oh, all that. No. Yeah, you you, you were fully Fago prepared for everywhere. That. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, <laughs> We've done Guar, so I oh, mean, Guar's yeah, gotta be. Yeah, I, ICP and Guar are probably the the two that probably comes to my mind the mm-hmm. most as far as the cleanup crew goes. Uh, but yeah, it, it's nothing we're not used to. Sure. Um, and, and again, just to have that high quality production and, and big personality um, it, it is always worth it at the and end of the day. For those that don't know, and we'll give a nice shout out to our friends over at Cumulus. Uh, Gora has been doing. Uh, two winter-ish festivals for EDM every year that includes Winter Warm-Up and Radiate. Mm-hmm. And those are really fun. Uh, I don't know how long you've been with the Agora, but I was so fortunate to actually DJ uh, Radiate 2014. And okay. I was the closing set from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. And it was my third week ever DJing. 
And I was like, okay, Wednesday weekly, 15 people. Saturday at the Vortex, 100 people. Oh, your third gig is Radiate. Here's 2,000 people. Enjoy. And I like practically shit my pants up there. And I was like, oh, my God. It's just- yeah. So, I mean, we, we've been doing those events for years. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of what you're seeing now, because, you know, right now our EDM calendar is absolutely insane. Um, you know, we have almost 10 EDM shows on our calendar right now. That's awesome. Um, which is we're not used to it, but a lot of it was just understanding that realm because our, our knowledge wasn't you know really there. Obviously, Sean at Cumulus does an excellent job uh, in that realm. So you know before it was just the branded events. It was winter warm up and radiate yep. and disco the dead. Now you're seeing these you know one offs start to come through, and Cleveland's starting to get these EDM shows, which you know, they were missing out on for so long. So, yeah. And I think real quick, the, 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 the really interesting thing about it as a talent buyer is a genre, a type of genre of music actually makes a huge difference in how that is handled. So like whether it's a DJ having a main manager or a band having press contact booking agent manager, and then the the live show aspect itself with different lighting rigs, different, you know, like we say, messy cleanups and different crowd interactions and security and staff and all these things. It's it's very interesting how something as simple as the way music sounds can determine all of these outside factors for a live show. So I think sure. that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's the same for the marketer goes too. It's just the way these people, um, these patrons, you know, purchase tickets are just, it's just so different. You know, you could have you know, the largest marketing budget in the world, but it doesn't matter. Those kids aren't going to buy tickets until the last two weeks of the show. And, and, and that's just, that's what it is. You know, that that's just what it is. Most of the time, the day of, they're posting in the chat saying, hey, has anybody got any tickets? Oh, mm-hmm. Hey, anybody got any tickets? All, yep. all the time. Well, with, with electronic shows specifically, it seems to be that way because I think a lot of people wait to last minute because they're, they're young. Right. Yeah. And 100%. And again, for, you know, for my role, uh, I'm, you know, I'm supposed to know that and, and I fully understand that. And, that, and that's still, why we don't, that's why yeah. we don't spend any money until the, the end of it. Because it's still got to be nerve wracking because you don't really know what oh, you're going to get into it's up until the last minute. It's absolutely terrifying when you have uh, a pretty significant five figure guarantee, mm-hmm. you know, uh, confirmed for the artist and you're only sitting at a couple hundred tickets. Right. Uh, it's it's terrifying because I mean, you know, you're you're looking at the math right there based on you know those numbers, and you're like, you know, fuck, we're gonna lose fifteen grand on the show, we're gonna lose twenty Especially grand. Especially like show. someone like a virtual riot and hit that entourage costs a lot of money to for radiate, costs a lot of money to pool, sure, and something like that where it's like like dubstep, which really, I mean, mm-hmm. that's like really kind of taking a gamble Steve sometimes. Aoki. Well, Steve Aoki, you're guaranteed. I mean, you you know people's gonna show up for Steve Aoki. He's sure. a, he's a big A lister act. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to his point, you know, Virtual Riots from Germany. Yeah, you know, we were so, talking about. So that. The, I mean, obviously he he's got his name, and I guess the best way to say is that you know he's kind of just now emerging in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know how that's gonna translate. But again, Virtual Riots been in the U.S. for a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm big Virtual Riot fan and disciple but fan. The, but the, 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 the safe thing about it is that. He's under that radiate umbrella. He's under that winter warm up umbrella, and they are so good now. Where yep. they have people who will go to both of those every time, every year without fail. So, Cumulus has done it really smart. Where they've they've come up with these these cult like mm-hmm. followings that will 
uh, guarantee at least a minimum ticket sale, no matter who's on. I mean, I guess no matter who, but it's yeah, it's yeah. pretty safe bet. And, and I and I agree with that. And it um, it, it's always kind of interested interest me, um, you know, just because I wasn't completely familiar with the EDM scene, and and just doing you know winter warm up and radiate annually, um, you know when we were doing those, um, it almost made me question: Do these fans even like? the lineup or the headliner they just go to go or are they just going just like, to party like honestly <laughs> well it's like a it's like i always i tell people um it's 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 like a social thing absolutely um because they they want to go there to hang out with their friends sure. and see people they don't get to see mm-hmm. often from and they want to get dressed up they want to let loose they right. want to party it's, like I, right. I get it and and then when you combine it with an actual well-known artist like Virtual Riot, <sighs> Schlump, Mister Bill, mm-hmm. um, it's it's really yeah yeah extra I, that extra stuff where you wouldn't normally get. And, and that's something that you know Cumulus and uh, you know we've kind of just discussed is that you know because you know of the resources that you know we have now under AEG, you know you know it, it's you know kind of taking a step back and say hey. We have these great products. We have these great ba- brands. You know, when we warm up, radiate. Um, let's let's elevate this. Let's mm-hmm. get more significant headliners and just sure. make it a, a, Sell a, a much bigger thing. Right. And, and it, the the funny thing is, is that it sells out anyway. Yeah, yeah. Th- those those branded events have had no problem selling out no. on its own on you know much you know smaller sure. you know names. Um, and that's what I'm excited. I'm just excited to elevate that quality of a brand. And the one genre that has that surprised me from the get go that I saw you guys, I think it was last summer starting to book was country music. Mm-hmm. I think Brothers Osborne was one. Uh, there was a couple others thrown in there, but I was like, oh, that's really really unique for the Agora. Yeah, and I, and I think that's you know kind of where uh, where we are with. Um, you know, where we were with EDM is that we don't really have, um, you know, the strongest brain, you know, on that genre right now, but we're learning it. We're trying to get ourselves a little bit more familiar with it before, you know, we sort of say pull the trigger and say, Hey, let's start pumping out these country shows, you know, like no other, but you know, for Cleveland, Cleveland loves country. I I personally, country is probably my least favorite genre. Is, is the country fan in my family and not me, but I can appreciate the business behind it sure. for sure and and i think well what the one challenge you might have especially in in the summertime when countries seems to be the most popular mm-hmm. is blossom pulls a lot of these country artists and i'm not talking you know you're not gonna gore is not gonna book a toby keith it's not gonna book a keith urban just because those are just ridiculously huge names that play at like the brown stadium which you also are involved in a little bit and we'll talk about that but uh it's the other acts that are supporting these country artists that are still really big names, right? That, but the the whole radius clause thing, which we can totally get into, but um, it just make it makes it a little bit of more of a challenge because that 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 summertime touring festival circuit uh, puts some barriers on things, right? And that's where we just need to be smart. Um, you know, as we start to really get into the country genre, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I would rather avoid may through september booking country shows sure. just because people are buying those country mega passes where they're going to see five or more so country Blossom's shows got a monopoly on that and again it's you know going back to that those cult fallings mm-hmm. they may not even be the biggest fan of whoever whomever it is mm-hmm. but it's a country show they enjoy the music 
and they just want that experience. They want to go out with their friends and of course drink like that. That's, that's how it is. Um, So I think we're just trying to be a little bit more smart about it and be careful with how we're booking it. Um, You know, the, I I actually, I stayed for the brothers Osborne show Yeah, and you know what? They're not honestly. Yeah. On my palate, they're not that, they're hard to... they're very much a rock band yes uh and that was such a great show L- literally all 2000 people that were there had the best time of their life and uh i'm all for yeah, that yeah there's a couple in country specifically that i uh, i relate like that like chris stapleton very rock-esque mm-hmm. uh i've always been a darius rucker fan and i think that's more of a nostalgia thing sure. than a country thing cody jinx um, he's yeah. an awesome performer yes and then there's a couple that i that are on my unbearable list won't get into that, but uh, yeah, it's an interesting genre. Uh, and, and when we talk about Blossom, and, and I think about this question, the two big named companies, now I'm not talking about like the Cumuluses, but I'm talking about the AEGs. Do you ever cross over and collaborate with Live Nation? Or, or it, not even collaborate, but just have discussions and make sure you guys are both on the same page or, or gentlemen's agreements or however it is. Is there, is there ever any, any uh, communication there? Not, not really. Um, you know, one of my really good friends actually happens to be the buyer for house of blues. Oh. Um, so we, we have a very, uh, friendly competition That's together. Fun. It, it's, it's actually really fun. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really appreciate it a lot because, you know, you know, kind of behind the scenes before everything goes up, we'll be like, like, Hey, did you guys end up getting this show? Because we haven't heard back from their team, sure. and, and vice versa. But it, it's it's honestly so much fun, just kind of going head to head. Like you know, obviously we're competition, but like it's it's just so much fun. Oh yeah. Uh, but from like the bigger picture stuff, no, there, mm. there, there's there's no you know co pro or collaboration um, type deal with the two companies. I mean, it's it's very uh, just head buddy, if sure. you will. Um, you know, which is fine. I, and honestly, I think the competition is great oh, for Cleveland. I think it's really good. Uh, it, it keeps everybody aggressive. And you on know what? On their toes, uh, not on their laurels. At, yeah. At the end of the day, of course, I want those bigger, you know, shows. Uh, I'm just glad if it comes to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're we're definitely blessed in that in that aspect. Um, talk about because I know you 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 do some hype and promo for this, and I don't know in what uh, uh, how much you're involved in this, but. The shows that are at uh, Brown Stadium or, or some of these other, like the Rolling Stones and stuff. I see you posting things. Oh, we got some big news, yada, yada. So I don't know how much you're involved in those things or if it's just you're just doing your, your promo for sure. it. Sure. So my, my involvement's um, pretty small on on those gigs right now. Um, you know, right now AEG is bringing the Rolling Stones in June to First Energy. And then we're also doing the Justin Bieber tour in August. Yes. Um, so as far as me personally, I'm a very small, I mean, the role is pretty much non-existent, but again, AEG doesn't really have, so to say a namesake in Cleveland. Sure. So that pretty much just lies within the Agora. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we kind of use kind of the regional department. Yeah. So we, we kind of use that to, to plateau the event. Um, and then obviously I'm going to do, you know, what I can, you know, on it just because, you know, I represent AEG Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. So of course I'm going to, you know, push like those a sports events team through. that you're proud to, you know, yeah. which we don't know anything about, unfortunately. Oh, I, I could talk city. sports all day. Well, I was going to actually so. <laughs> say with, with Beaver coming in, there was a rumor earlier, probably a couple months ago when, when people were putting the dots together with Bieber, Justin Bieber, 
and how I think they said the Indians are in a homestand when he comes in and that he would throw out the first pitch to Shane Bieber or something uh, like that. The, uh, Ian, Ian's not a sports ball guy, but we have a, the Indians have a pitcher named Shane Bieber. And uh, every year they do this thing called the Players Weekend. So the players get to pick their nickname. Instead of their last name on their jersey, it's a nickname just for a weekend. So Shane Bieber's nickname was not Justin. And Justin Bieber found out about it, and then he was seen driving around Hollywood in his motorcycle with it, with the uh, Indians jersey that said "Not Shane" on it. Yep, uh, it was just it was the coolest coolest thing. That's and cool. I'm not a giant Justin Bieber fan, but I thought it was pretty neat. And, and you know what? I, I I really hope that Justin gets that first pitch just to oh. pitch it. Because I'm over here shaking my head. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's just really cool. I'm I, not I'm not a um, as Ryan calls it a sports ball. <laughs> sports ball. I call it that. Yeah, I coined that term. Sports ball uh, fan. But so do you do you do uh, do you DJ like actually DJ? No. Out of curiosity. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I had special guest DJ at the chamber in Lakewood, um, which is your favorite local goth bar yeah, um, yeah which i frequent a lot and it turns out if you spend enough money on vodka there they give you your own dj night no shit uh wow. so that's what happened on friday uh i had a great time um and i i just really love that realm of music just that you know goth synth wave new wave i um, so what kind of like uh i don't know give us give us some artists um she wants revenge gary newman um yeah i mean i responded to your tweet i don't know if you saw it there's a band called dead sea okay and uh they so it's actually Cher's son one of well, not Chaz, but uh uh Cher's son and uh, it's the same same son that she had with the Allman Brothers guy when they were together. Okay. Um, and he's he started a band. I mean, this is like in the early 2000s called Dead Sea. And they're like very gothy 80s. There's like a tiny bit of rock into it, but it's sure. like very like those those artificial like uh, toms that they use a lot in like yeah, yeah. 80s music and the. the <laughs> no, I, come on, man. I'm not that remedial. Um, <laughs> Drum machines have no souls. Yeah, right. No, but it, I'll just send you this stuff because if you do it again, it's like perfect. Yeah, no, and I, and I mean, and, and the cool part about that club is that you can go anywhere, you know, in that realm. There, there's a band that I'm, I'm really high on called uh, Gunship right now. Okay. Um, and they're, they're so, like, picture like the – just because I'm sure the people listening to this have no idea what we're talking oh, about. Oh, I do. I'm I'm totally fascinated cool. with this. Um, so basically, if if uh, you wanted to listen to the Stranger Th- uh, Things soundtrack, mm-hmm. that's exactly where you're going. Do you like it. um? Do you like Miami Nights 1984? I don't know or, that. Or um, like Safaro by chance. I'll know. I'll send you some stuff. But Miami Nights 1984 has a mm-hmm. uh, record label called. The Rosso Collective. Okay. And they do nothing but like synthwave and like ret- retro synthwave. Cool. Um, and I know all them guys. I play vi- video games like Destiny and stuff with them. But they're massive. Like they have millions and millions of lists. To- they're like probably the biggest names in synthwave. Cool. Like modern synthwave. Anyway, um, Miami Nights 1984 did a remix of gun- a Gunship song. Okay. And it's like one of my favorite songs ever, dude. I'll, I'll send it to you. Is it Tech Noir? Huh? Is it Tech Noir? No, it's um, it's um, I think Revel in Your Night okay, or something. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Time. <laughs> so, okay, Goth Bar now is some people are going to listen to this, and and I am one of them. Is it like a bar full of goths, or is it just the aesthetic of the bar that makes it a goth bar? What makes a 
bar a, a gu- besides the music, or is that uh, it? Like, he's I don't, I don't, I don't know how to. Ex- I mean, all of the above. I okay. mean, I was a goth in middle school, part of high school, and, and whatever. Listen, and listening I, to Slipknot doesn't make you goth. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. Thank you for roasting me there. No, because that, that is correct. But I also did listen to The Cure. I listened to Dead Sea. Cradle of Filth, things. right? Cradle of no, Filth. Black, <laughs> black Metal Boy. Yeah, no. I do, I do like my share of black metal, but no. I, I know what you're saying. It, mm-hmm. There's there's definitely, and, and you will, I'm sure, get the goths who will come correct on you for, for being like, I you're not really know. goth. You're a poser goth. Or whatever. Not you personally, but like, you know. Well, it's like the South Park episode with I, the goths and the vampires. Yeah, and, and I get it. I, I, I stand out like a sore thumb in a goth bar. But I, well, listen, so, uh, I mean... You know, I did my DJ night and whatnot, and you know the, the turnout was fine. It it was like any other Friday night there, um, and you know I, I I obviously know the staff pretty well, and uh, the one bartender there, she's like, your playlist was so good. She's mm-hmm. like, I have to tell the regulars to actually know you know your shit. So that's cool. She didn't know you were regular. <laughs> no, she <laughs> again. The way I look, it would would not necessarily you ever, you, you ever been a th- turns their heads as soon as you walk <laughs> yeah. you ever been a thursday's lounge yeah is it is it is the chamber would you say like a like a bigger thursday's lounge if, if you like i mean if you've ever it's just a hole in a wall checkered floor disco bald so it's like the vortex bar. it's like the vortex have you ever been to the vortex actually i would <laughs> i would very much compare it to the vortex it's like the vortex meets thursdays and and everybody everybody listens but to the like, smiths morrissey and my life the thrill kill Cult. yep ex- <laughs> one thousand percent i i would the vortex is actually a very good comparison just That's fantastic not as spaced out Sure. Not as open. Got sure. The on the wall? Yep. Oh my Absolutely. God. You got. You got to watch yourself dance, dude. That's fantastic. It's part of the job. I don't know. I. I think I'd only be comfortable watching myself dance if I was inebriated, because I. I was gonna say you drink enough vodka, you're all right. You'll be like, oh, who's that sexy guy in the mirror? He's got some moves. It's me. Ryan, yeah, that's right. Make it fun of me earlier. All right, so let's talk about because this is actually like honest to God questions because I. I, I remember it a little bit, but not enough. But before AEG, before all this stuff, what's your background? You were you were in a band. Yep. What band? So the the band that I was in was called Fallen Captive. Okay. So see, no, it, yes. It's so this is band. we had so we had Chris Bianchi on here. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Two weeks ago, and we were talking about how he was in Forever and Terror. Right. And like I'm starting to connect all these dots uh-huh. from my MySpace days. Right. And and like Fallen Captive, that's right there below the tides. One of it's mm-hmm. there's that that section of. Of uh, metalcore that Death early two thousand and tens just it. stacked Hell ass yeah. scene. Dude, I've played shows with you before. Yeah, <laughs> like straight up. What was uh, the band? I I th- I uh, we were well. I was I had like three different ones Boy, in a span well, of four. Uh, God, Honor Among Thieves, Burn the Sea, um, and um, I can't think of the other one. But we've played with. <laughs> yeah, we all it, it was my high school career, man. Sure, but uh. No, we played with you guys like three times. That's yeah. really, really funny. Yeah, like we, 2010 mm, or 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that was uh, that was the time, man. It was a very special time in our scene, especially with Peabody really and whatnot. But like golden days, dude. Metal was just so 
Man, there really wasn't a more special time. We're like, you know what it is? We're like metal boomers. We're like, oh, back in the 2011, oh. we had really good metal. Today's metal. But you know what? It, it, it's half nostalgia, but it's true. I mean, is there is there any is there any young people though, like that are just getting into the genre that are getting the metal though? Because I feel like all those people that we were are now in the electronic scene. And what's interesting is a lot of our same group of people also are really big in electronics. So, yeah, before we get into that whole, you know, paradigm, uh, I would say yes, but in a different capacity. So, like, bands like Issues, bands like Dance Gavin Dance, bands that are, like, bringing back artsy metal, that's kind of what's getting the young kids back in. And those genres are evolving because the metal bands are leaning more rock, Whereas the right. rock bands are leaning more metal. It's interesting how things are starting yeah. to coalesce. So, I mean, you, you look at those bands that have just been always heavy, and then they go into this, you know, you look at Vale Amaya, mm-hmm. and then you look at, you know, Papa Roach, where they've always been a rock band, but you have that, like, almost like genty, You've groovy, got a, a like, great type example, rib. which I love to listen to them because of this bad wolves Mm -hmm. you know they all come from from very heavy bands god forbid and and uh uh, snot and a lot of these like huge heavy early new wave american heavy metal metal core type of music and now they're putting together a sound that some would be like yeah butt rock like five finger death punch Mm -hmm. but it's not because they have songs that are like completely brutal metal screaming as well sure and they tune down to like f sharp and g seven strings there i think a lot of bands are starting to like take all the elements together and i think that's why when we go to different festivals we see a really really broad demographic of people now yeah, there's not the the 16 year old girls with the with the crazy stuff where, in their where, hair where and the and more uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah right. Know. But but I think I, I I don't know if there ever. I mean I guess there kind of was the scene the scene phase. That's what got girls into metal because at the time and Ian, you can certainly yeah, attest to this. The scene look was very aesthetically pleasing for for women loved guys that were that looked like that, and that just doesn't exist anymore. And I think that sex appeal that was in the metal genre isn't necessarily like it's just not there. It's not that like a bunch of metal dudes are ugly, but like that 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 certain hot topic type of look totally. just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I agree. I think it depends on how good you can straighten your hair, and I'll just for the record. <laughs> I was very good at it. <laughs> it's on the Well, record. he says was. <laughs> yeah, calling you out on that one. Um, I don't even know where we started with that with that conversation. Uh, oh, so so um, we're talking about Fallen Captive, right? Um, what did you do in that band? I played bass. Okay, cool. And, and then were, all the business aspects. Sure. Behind which, it you know, what it's funny you mention that because like I'm in a band now and stuff, and as you know, and it seems like. <clears throat> Even if you don't have somebody who's experienced in the business aspect, every band has that one guy mm-hmm. who's just like, I'm going to take care of the nitty gritty numbers and, and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's cool. And I and I think that's, I mean, from a from an outside perspective, maybe why you guys were pretty notable regionally at the time, because you I'm sure you did a lot of really good things to get the name out there more than just your local Peabody's band. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just. Uh, it was a, a wave of different things that, you know, kind of just, you know, took us to it. You know, uh, I joined the band in December of 2009. And at the time we were looking for a vocalist for so long 
And then we started playing these shows and it really started to take off. I mean, uh, our first show was with Bleeding Through and Born of Osiris, mm-hmm. which was a great I was game. there for that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a Peabody's. And then we did, uh, I, I kind of, you know, take this show as kind of like that really big first wave for us was uh, we did SLA Dying, Carnifex, All Shall Perish, and Unearth. Uh, and and that was really the show that kind of put it together for us. And then you know just you know playing Peabody's, we just alternated these um, you know no, opening up for national acts you know type shows, and then adding these free show free local shows in between. And that's what really uh, you know now that I look at it, it was almost like a formula, but it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't planned just, that just way like, just like a happy accident yeah because we would open up or those national acts and we'd be passing out free tickets right. to those shows you know at those shows i remember you guys doing that a lot you guys were always um and like what was interesting to me at the time back <clears throat> then especially was you guys were like one of the only local bands or if that's what you want to call it, that had a merch booth mm-hmm. with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. i remember that specifically because i i would go up there and i would talk to you guys i was like damn these guys got like like ten different types of shirts. It wasn't get, cheap. That's for damn sure. Right, but but it was it was um. Ryan and I were talking about this earlier. Is branding right? And, and sometimes you gotta like fake it till you make it. And if you have the shirts, oh believe if me, you have the stickers. As a bass player, I faked it till I make it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that was, for damn sure. But that's really cool though, because like I I remember that, and that mm. was like one of the things I specifically remember was the fact that you guys were one of the only people. Other than the actual touring bands, that right? Had all well, that. and that, and you saw our stickers in every damn bathroom uh, possible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and probably still. Yeah, unless totally. they're covered up or there's something. Do you still play bass? I mean, do you do you dabble or you? I just mean, kinda... at home, if I have, if I'm even home, sure. uh, to be honest, I mean, it, it's definitely not as much as I just. You're just so bogged down with all. With yeah, work. yeah, I mean, I it's it's never ending for me. Right. So, um, you know. It, it just is what it is. So, yeah. um, plus, I, I don't have anything to play out of anymore. I, I just saw my I had uh, uh, an eight by ten, so okay. I don't have any room for that at, at the moment. Um, well, I would just just you know I, I went through the same spurt where I I was in a band called Harkybus in high school, and then I stopped with that, and then I did nothing for most of college, and then I started to do DJing, but I never stopped playing guitar, mm-hmm. and it was always like there like in the corner yelling at me play me play me right. do something with me well, and then i got back to it and, and and i'm not saying you should get back in a band or anything but what i'm saying is just like you never know and you, you never you just you know it's obviously something you love doing so it's right you know it's just cool to like well, it's like I'll, I'll pick it up and it's like yeah i'm, I'm not as as fluent <laughs> as i used to be uh not that i was really fluent to begin with uh but um yeah, you know, it's it's like riding a bike. You yeah. you know, you pick right up where you left off. And were you a five string guy? Uh, no, absolutely not. Four, really? Absolutely. I thought not. you guys tuned lower than. Uh... We were in drop C, but wow, yeah. I thought that's actually surprising because this is where I get into my my little uh, expertise. So be yeah, it. no um, five five strings were not for me, man. That's that's a whole wasn't, new instrument. Wasn't below the tide like really? Mm, they, and, they played sevens and okay. Uh, obviously, their bass okay. player would play five. Yeah, we're we're in C, G, A sharp, whatever. So. I've, Got all five guitars to bring to a uh, show just to make sure if a string breaks, I got a backup. Then I have all different right. tunings. Well, and like, what's the point anyway? You're playing the top string anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, as a rhythm guitarist, I am essentially bass number two. So, right. yeah, <laughs> totally understand that. Um, so, okay, the other thing I wanted to ask is like we t- talked about, you're a big sports fan, as we, we were both pretty active on Twitter in regards to sports and stuff. Sure. Um, 
Have you met any local athletes, like not local athletes, but like, you know, local sports team athletes coming to the Agora or any kind of other things? Uh, Meet personally, no. Really? I thought you might run into just somebody wandering in for whatever. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I mean, meet personally, no, but I mean, occasionally we'll get, you know, people dropping in and stuff like... Uh, honestly, MGK comes through every now and then oh, yeah. for 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 a nice show. That's so, cool. um, you know, how he, come he, has he played the Agora? He has. Okay. it's but been a while before, though. like way before. maybe like 2013, yes. 12 or something okay. like that. I saw him at the outpost in that that era. That yeah, was, yeah, was good, good stories. Um, yeah. So I mean, I wish I had more to go off of on this, but I, I know we did. Um, we did a, a special event and Lamar Odom was there oh. uh, randomly. And, and I know we, we've had wow. professional athletes come come through. I know at No Limit we had two Was rounds. that after his his issue? Was I, that before his no, issue? No, it was, it was out. It was actually just recently, like within oh. the past couple months. Okay. Uh, he had come through. That's um, interesting. But yeah. So, I mean, you know, every now and then we'll get him through. But, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just figured like, okay, great example. Why I thought about this, uh, Kevin Hart did his... Uh, I don't know if it was Netflix at the time. I think it was just Comedy Central specials okay. uh, in Cleveland. And they have a con- he has a constant interaction with the crowd. And LeBron's there. Mm-hmm. Shaq is there. This sure. is that era or whatever. All these, all these, right? You know. So I figured maybe some of these, at least for the comedy shows, you'd get some some famous Clevelanders. I don't know. Maybe other notable Clevelanders or whatever. Um, I don't yeah, even know. It really just depends. Odd, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, and it, again, I, I'm not paying attention to every single sure. person that comes through uh, the door. Um, you know, Alan Cox, Bill Squire will come through yeah. uh, every now and then too. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have too many examples on that. Sure. No, that's fine. Um, so besides the Agora, cause I like I said, your main thing is the Agora, but does AEG, delegate other things to you that are outside the realm of, of the Agora that they're like, maybe it's a regional thing. Maybe it's something that's not even show related that they just want your advice on or, or whatever. So I would say right now it's, it, it's not there yet. Um, you know, we're, we're still, so to say working that bigger picture type stuff, right. you know, into the market. And that goes for my own personal development too. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I think I do a pretty good job at what I do. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a, a little bit of a stepping stone. So I, I think, you know, you know, shortly we'll start to see that that type of stuff, you know, kind of come through. Um, but, you know, at the moment, it, it, it's kind of smaller based. Um, you know, I will get to, you know, be a part of some festivals, um, you know, regionally uh, uh, every now and then. Uh, I got to work Rock on the Range uh the, sure. the, the last year it was known as Rock. Yes, Range. I actually saw you there. Yeah, that was, um, that was interesting. And then I did uh, Mopop uh, up in Detroit. Uh, okay. This this past year in, in July, and then huh. uh, I'm scheduled to to do it again this year. That's pretty cool. So um, you do get to travel a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, mainly Detroit. Our regional office was based in St. Louis, so I got to do a little bit of training up there. That's cool. Um, how is that? Is that a cool place to go? I mean, yeah. just, it, it, it was just an office, you okay. know, it was, it was nothing exciting, but, um, I, I, I did, I did like Detroit though. Uh, Detroit was cool. Uh, That's cool. we have technically three venues up there. Um, so Royal Oak, Majestic, and then, uh, the Masonic, uh, auditorium yes. up there. Yes. Um, so my, my boss kind of oversees those three venues up there, um, as well as you know handling the arenas uh, regionally, um, as well as um, pop quiz. How many uh, 
venues do you guys have total? <laughs> AEG? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're, you're not going to well, know the answer. Well, I don't know it, the answer. It's close to 60. Okay. Um, okay. The, the most recent number I would have been able to tell you was 56, but I'm wow. sure it's increased. And is that in most of the states? It is in the states, we, uh, but we, I mean, like all, like how many states? Is it everywhere in in all the major cities, or you know, um, n- not necessarily. I mean, it's you know, you we we don't have one in every state. Sure. Um, obviously, you know, there's several venues in in each market. I mean, Colorado has probably three or four. L.A. has probably five or six. Um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But um, and is there someone that oversees like each region? Or, yeah, absolutely. And that's somebody you deal with directly? Yeah. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, it, it's great because every every market is different. You know, you have L.A. and New York and Chicago where the population is just oh my gosh. A, a lot bigger. Right. And just the the uh, ability to sell tickets is just a lot more easier. Oh, so much. You know, whereas, Taking candy from a baby. Whereas Cleveland is, uh, I mean... But you know uh, what? There's probably also other cities that are... Harder than Cleveland, you know, that are oh, like like maybe yeah, Indianapolis. One thousand percent. And and honestly, I, I would be so intrigued to just market another show, um, or yeah, market another show in a different area, just mm-hmm. because I'd be intrigued to know. Okay, are these people going to buy their tickets all at the on sale? Because I don't typically deal with that. You know what I would really like to know is. <clears throat> The difference between, and I don't know if AEG has any properties in Columbus, but the difference in Cleveland and Columbus. Um, so, uh, Pr- Promo West actually just uh, okay. merged with AEG Presents. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, January of last year. Um, okay. You know, so they're they're still kind of uh, adjusting to all of those pieces, but I mean, Promo West has been a household name in Columbus for absolutely, you know, years. Um, so. You know, now that they're a part of AEG Presents, it's uh, it's interesting because their calendar is just huge, um, and they they have um, three or four different venues down there too. But I, I think, um, and I can only speak on what I know, but um, I, I think the big difference is that their radio scene is just a lot better in Cleveland. Yeah, but a lot better than Cleveland. Yeah, I, um, I could see that. So just the the accessibility to be able to promote is what's well, that big rock station that, that, that they're always at the, the Rock on the Range and stuff. Um, they're, they're very pop. Ninety nine seven, I think the Blitz. Blitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a big one. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that, that that's definitely one of their their bigger. And then right. they have uh, CD one or two five down there too. Okay, which is more indie based, yeah. uh, alternative uh, type stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, I would just love our radio scene to be a little bit better, but you uh, don't like Z one zero seven nine the the academy. Hey, by the way, I will say R.I.P. to one zero seven three the wave. That's no longer one zero seven three the wave. I, hey man, smooth jazz. I can't, you can't go wrong with some smooth jazz. That was uh, my grandpa would always play that that mm. radio station in his giant Lincoln. Uh, town car and, and uh-huh. I was really little and I would just relax and listen to the smooth jazz and they'd made it into it's a top 40 station now. is it a top 40 yeah okay. well it's it's, it's it's top it's top 40 and a little bit more okay um they're definitely playing more of that alternative uh, realm in addition right. to that that top 40. So hits. it's funny because I, I feel the same way about it as I felt about when 92.3 went from a rock station to, to sports, sports talk, which now, in hindsight, which is okay. Fine. We're still listening right. to the We're station. We're still listening to the station. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, basically, the, the new station is just to reach out to millennials, which I completely understand because that whole jazz audience is... Dead. It's, uh, well, he, 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 listen, 
I'm, I'm not Dave Chappelle here, so I, I, I'm not yeah, getting. Sorry. I'm this not. Is, I'm not getting paid to have no filter this, here. This is this is my uh, this is my humor. This yes. is what I excel at. But yes, you're you <laughs> on a factual basis, you are correct. Yes, um, the, the, it is dying out. So, so do you think radio like really plays that much of a, a uh, has a, that much of it like an impact and in, in stuff? It can. Uh, it, it absolutely can. I mean, and it has. I mean, yeah, but I, and, yeah, and that's but, something we do for every show. But like, um, how many people still listen to like, like radio though? My wife, there are. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's it, and again, every every station is completely different, you know, based on ratings. But it, it's hundreds of thousands. You really, know, that at, many at, at at any given time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's like basically. Uh, I wouldn't say free marketing because it costs you know money to have a radio right. station, but right, that's interesting. And and the, the other thing, and I don't know if you've guys gotten into this realm yet, but podcasting. I mean, some of the big podcasts mm-hmm. will uh, charge lots of money, but it's so many impressions, especially because it's an on-demand platform rather than a radio where you have to be listening at the exact moment, the exact time. Yeah, um, and, and that's as as a marketer, that's um, that's the scary part about placing radio ads is that you're dealing with attention spans now yes. where you hear those commercials up oh, in a channel with a podcast it. especially a lot of these they'll put the ads in the middle right so you have to listen to sure them, you know well and it's also the same thing too is that you know i'm sure more people are listening to their spotify that's bluetooth yes. to their car or or a, a random podcast in their car but there or are serious xm you know as you know there are ways to take advantage of those things spotify has ad campaigns uh i don't know what satellite radio ads look like but they can't be cheap i do know i was listening to uh jamie josta yesterday on his podcast and they looked it up for joe rogan which is the single most popular podcast in the world to do a 30 second ad of just him like saying hey friends whatever yep it's forty thousand dollars Forty thousand. Forty thousand. Holy shit! So think about the money that's just pouring in, and he gets to sit there wow. for three and a half hours and talk, have a lot of fun, and he just has to do a five minute Smoke intro. Weed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just just because I, I know what I pay for radio spots uh-huh. in our market, that's insane. Yes. So that's why in a, when a, now knowing that listening to the podcast, and I I kind of listen more for what companies there because I'm like, wow, these companies are liquid, you know. It's like a lot. I mean, that $40,000 spot is like a prime TV spot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So that goes to show you, because that no one would be paying that much if it didn't pay off. Right. And then some. So Hey, good good for Joe. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's crazy. <laughs> and that's I think that's where the future is. Not that radio is going to go away, but you're seeing more and more. I think they said something. There's like 800,000 podcasts in the United States or something. Ridiculous. I mean, I mean, we're getting podcast events mm-hmm. at the Agora. Yes. Which yes. is, uh, I was kind of bummed that you guys didn't get the Tomahawk show that was at the house of blues. Yeah, I don't we, know if your buddy had anything to do with that one. Yeah. You know, he, he, yeah. he was obviously the one that booked it, but, um, we, we were, we were looking at that one too, but it, it just didn't work out, which is fine. Um, talk about your sports, but yeah, I mean, the, Podcasts are just such an interesting element because you don't know what you're going to get. And also, it's hard to market because it's a very niche thing. So as long as your said podcast is promoting the event, that's where your conversions are going to come from. And if you're not getting it from the podcast directly, you're going to have some trouble. Especially because a lot of these podcasts are very... 
micro focused on a certain topic they're mm-hmm. not like a broad spectrum like well, that's why i named this all things music because it's all things music not just this little tiny bit of music you right. know or yeah well start <laughs> sure. out that way but you you know it, it, it is what it is um or uh you know with the tomahawk show mm-hmm. it's mostly <clears throat> browns fans yeah of but course. when they totally. do it in cleveland you're gonna get all the people there to, to check it out and um so yeah, you can't have like there was a, my buddy sent me a, a podcast. He goes, this podcast is all about the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy. Oh my god! I'm like, how could you have a, one podcast we talk hours on end about? Like I could talk about it, but I can't talk about it for hours. It's literally an hour of going Epstein didn't kill himself. Yes, Epstein didn't right. kill himself. And what I actually found even crazier than that podcast because I was just doing some research on Spotify. There is a. Joe Rogan, there's a podcast about the Joe Rogan podcast. So they go on there and they <laughs> review each podcast episode and it's, talk about. Is it. it like Talking Dead? Like how there's that, yes. that talk show after Walking it's, Dead? It is essentially what's the movie um, with uh, was it Leonardo DiCaprio where it's Dream within a Dream within a Inception? Dream? Yeah, it's the Inception of podcasts. Jesus, and I, I, I'm like, okay, first of all, Joe knows he's doing something good if somebody else is making a podcast. And you know on what? His podcast, it's probably getting hits. Oh, totally. I mean, there there are people that literally, and it's no different with with you know whether it's a serious XM or, or, or just a, a personality in general. There are people that eat, sleep, and breathe anything that comes out of this person's mouth or sure. this person's mouth. So it's smart. Right. I just could never see myself hosting anything like that. It just I don't know that whole different wavelength, you know. Yeah, I mean, as as long as the person can do it, I'm I'm sure he has an audience. Right, that's interesting. So, um. <clears throat> What can we expect for the spring, the summer? Uh, thing I don't want you don't have to announce anything. Sure. You know, just things that are already out. But you feel free to drop hints or a little subtle crypticness. It doesn't matter. Up yeah, I, I mean, the, again, the the focus is is just quality. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we're we're, we're probably going to book more shows than what we did last year. Uh, last year we came up just over a hundred events. Wow. Um, so I, I think we'll just kind of continue that further and, you know, add another 15 to 20 shows or so okay. uh, in addition to that 100. Um, and again, I, I think diversity just kind of falls in there. You're going to see a lot more comedy coming up. Right. Um, just very, inevitably. Very, very soon. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, we announced Sal, Sal Volcano uh, yeah. this week and there'll be another one next week. Ooh. And Heather McMahon was another one we announced okay. this week, which um, – We'll see how that goes. I, I right. think that one's going to sell out right away, which awesome. again is is always interesting to me because I'm not as um, you know familiar with every you know comedian out there, and um, you know over a winter break, I, I basically um, just went into Netflix and just watched a whole Check bunch of stand up, right. um, and, and and I enjoyed it. I just I don't really go out of my way to do it. I think that's something underrated with what you do too. You kind of have to know. The content of what you're booking, rather than just saying, "Oh, here's somebody who has numbers, let's book them." Well, and and, and that's you know my job 100 mm-hmm. percent is just knowing the artists, knowing what their most popular songs are, knowing what their hooks are. Like uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, we announced a, an artist called Rufus Dussol, and this is something that I normally wouldn't go out of my way to listen to. Okay. But I'm obsessed yeah? with it right now. That's awesome. Um, it, what it, kind it, of music? It's it's house music. Oh, I love I love it. Okay. Yeah, I, I figured I figured you would know them. Um, 
but they're they're incredible. Yeah. And, and and again, it's just it's picking up those you know really small things where okay, you know this is the hook, this is the hook lyric. So it's like you know when I'm you know promoting our, our shows via social media, doing one of that you know quick lyric grab and going Rufus Dussol, you know date. It, it, sure. it's really easy to push sure. out. So, um, you know, my role specifically is to just know each and every artist and, uh, um, or comedian or whatever it is. Right. Um, and to be able to push that because essentially I'm the messenger, uh, for all the events that we do. Right. Um, so I know how to push it, not just, push yeah, it, yeah. And again, it's not just saying buy tickets, buy tickets, buy tickets, because, that's annoying as hell. Yeah, people. You know, will, uh, short attention spans. Uh, people will just yeah, ignore it and, and, move and, on. and 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 Mad Men. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, advertising is about happiness. Yes. It's about having a good time. Right, and that's what we're doing. We're we're not in the music business. We're and Chris will say this all the time too. We we in the we're in the business of making memories. Yes. Um, and, and that's something that Chris and I definitely follow to to the heart. It's a lot more true than you usually hear that slogan when it's like a wedding planner, or wedding photographer, or something. And while that can be true, I think that's a lot more true but, in your but in again, your sense. You know, you you may not remember what how many songs they played or what songs they played or or whatnot, but you remembered about the time that you had there. Oh, it's for like, sure. Oh, that was an awesome show, or the production was just out of this world yeah and, and you know that's what we're there to do for and exactly. obviously you know i i all by aside that room is just incredible it is um i mean you know i would love and i'm just thinking about it right now i would love to see someone like the black keys and i don't know if that's mm-hmm. too if they're too big at this point but i think something like it's not necessarily a hometown show because they're akron but it would be a really neat experience it it would have to be a, a special circumstance for sure and obviously they'd be uh, taking a hit on the financial aspect because we can't charge five hundred dollars a ticket. Oh, I think people forget that. Yeah, yeah, because if we were to pay their normal guarantee, we'd probably have to charge almost a thousand dollars a ticket I just to match I said that. Something to you, uh, we were joking about something on Twitter not long ago, and I, I said, "Oh, book this person." You're like, "Oh, well." You said the same thing five hundred dollars. I was like, "I'll pay the five hundred dollars." Yeah, yeah. It was somebody that was like insane, but not everybody's gonna do that. But uh, yeah, I think people forget very easily. Um, and it's with festivals too. You sure. see it a lot where your festival line comes out and they're like, well, why didn't I get this band and this band? Well, they don't have the budget if they're booking these top headliners. You know? Well, and, and that's what people don't understand with, with our industry too, is that the face value of the ticket is based on what the artist is being paid and what our capacity is. There's only so much you can make, you know, within that capacity. So obviously artists have their asking price and whatnot, you know, and we negotiate all that jazz, but like, you only have so much room to fit that criteria. And again, Cleveland's not made of rich people. We know that. And we're not trying to make you poor either. Yeah. We're we're not, we're not trying to break your bank either because we want you to come to the show. So it's about finding that middle ground and that's not always easy to find. Ironically, I just wanted to say, because it was funny that you brought it up, but the first time I was ever at the Agora, was to see the Blackies. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. When I, when I was like, like two thousand seven. Yeah, I was like I was like fourteen. Cool. And I yeah, I just it That's was awesome. it was weird because like one it was I think it was actually my that was my first concert I ever went to. Cool. I think too. Yeah, so they, it was at the Agora and the Black Keys. Yeah, but Black Keys played two nights at the Agora. I think it was in 07. That's really neat. Um, it was. I had no idea. It was in 07. Okay. Uh huh. And then we did uh, we actually did Dan Auerbach uh, solo. Uh, two years ago now. So that's cool. It was a it was a very cool show. Yeah, right. And so. I think that's that's one thing that I 
Mike, we, we, we did a, uh, when we started this podcast, we did countdowns of guilty pleasures and, and different things. And one of my big guilty pleasures is kind of that early, mid-2000s alt-rock stuff. Sure. I'm a big Modest Mouse guy. Yep. Franz Ferdinand. I'm, the Bravery I am. I was just going to say, I am dying for a Bravery oh reunion. Oh, my God. I would, I'd be the first one to buy a ticket easily. Yeah. So I, I love yeah. that stuff. Um, I'd buy a ticket to my own show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and actually, that's that was one thing I wanted to ask you. How much do you you're you're so busy showtime mm-hmm. how much do you get to watch it, it's as i please mm-hmm. um you know the reality is is you know my office hours are essentially 10 to 6 so essentially but, you could go home if you wanted to if you weren't feeling a certain yeah yeah event. and again you can't really hang out at Every show, no, you, you can't. Because you you're gonna live your, your life. You're dude. gonna you're gonna burn yourself out. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna accumulate 80, 90 hours in a week mm-hmm. very easily. Um, in in one of my you know personal goals this year was to kind of attend more shows that I normally wouldn't go to. Gotcha. Uh, you know, just to kind of experience it. And I like people watching. I like to see <laughs> who's coming to the shows and just you know understanding the demographics that are coming are they are they drinking are they not drinking how engaged are they looking at their phones what are they, what are they doing who who am i promoting these shows to so that when i when we book that band again or we book somebody similar i know what to expect for the next time will you be at radiate probably not you should go <laughs> i'll see you there if you do go <laughs> no but i understand that completely it's a it's a weird flip of the coin because on one hand Especially, I'm sure, right when you took this position, you were like, "Free concerts for me!" You know, it's it's it's. But then that we're, that honeymoon period wears off pretty quick. Yeah, and, and I mean, you you really really have to love music in order to do this because you're. I mean, you're, you're gonna met, immersed by yourself, yeah, right? Uh, but it, I don't know. I mean, promoting shows was just what I was really good at. It wasn't really about you know attending free shows or anything like sure. that. Um, but you know, just. Going back to the band days, I was w- just way better at promoting the shows versus, you know, actually playing them, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's where it really came true. And sure. I mean, even before the band, uh, a friend of mine when we were in high school, um, we used to throw these uh, raves in quotations where it was just you know a mixture of techno and, and hip hop. Her dad owned a, a landscaping company. And we would, you know, clear it out for him, you know, mm-hmm. free of charge just so we could use the space. That's awesome. We charge five bucks for people to get in and we walk out with a couple hundred bucks a Hell piece. Yeah. So that was kind of like the little mm-hmm. early evolution of me starting to do this. But um, I, you know, and it's funny because I, I have done similar things. I used to throw an event called Audio Arena, which mm-hmm. was a rave at laser tag venues. Okay, cool. And then it turned into a rave at trampoline parks. And okay. Like it was a, it was not just Fun people stuff. standing around. <laughs> no, actually I tried that, but their, their rental rates are out the wazoo. Yeah. Um, so I did laser quest and then I did uh, sky zone. Okay. So cool. I did three at laser quest, one at no, 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 two at laser quest, one at some laser tag place in Cleveland, which was a terribly managed venue. Um, and then two at Sky Zones. Okay. Um, because I, you know, being a DJ for a while, I was kind of bummed out about it being just a stand there, watch somebody on stage and not really do anything other you, than You drugs. want that interactive Right, and I was like, what if we had a DJ and then people going nuts and playing <clears throat> dodgeball and trampolines or, or going into an arena and, and shooting each other? Like, that that's, that seems so cool to me, but, but what the thing about it was that I struggled with was Worrying about again the ticket sales. Worrying about sure. am I going to leave with a giant hole in my pocket? Well, and I don't know how much you know you guys know about this, but um, you know when you know 
we were playing in the band and whatnot, there was a, a venue in, in Painesville called Scores Fun Center. Um, and they had, uh, they had bowling, they had laser tag. Did you play for Casino Madrid? Maybe, of, be, maybe. I, yeah, I, yeah. I played that show at Scores Fun Center. And I'm go. pretty sure we, I think, opened for you guys That's at funny. Scores. And I've been trying to sit here thinking the whole time, like, I'm pretty sure we played at like, them. What, I could not remember the name of it. And then yeah. you, now you brought it up. Yep. Hilarious. Yeah. So they, they had laser tag bowling, all of that. So, but again, yeah. they had these like interactive elements. Which is always cool, and and again, um, and that's what I'm excited for. You know, just to kind of get into, you know, more festival involvement is just having those interactive type uh, elements, and, mm-hmm. and not just a concert or a show. Or you know, again, you're creating experiences and, and memories. Seeing a- add a little bit more something that yes. people haven't figured out and you're seeing that a lot now at these summer festivals and it doesn't mm-hmm. even matter which one but you've got comedians you've got mm-hmm. live art you've got like all kinds of really cool you have what i love and i i almost annoy whoever i'm with when i go to rock on the range and such mm-hmm. is the music experience tent because i'm like all right there's like a two-hour window of bands that are not like super amped about i'm gonna go in the music experience tent and just play all their guitars sure, just jam out <laughs> yep and like it's it you don't get to do that at, at other you know types of events so it really offers that next level dimension that, that of course you know. but the problem is, is that shit costs money <laughs> yep, sure does and i don't know how the hell they resell those things because by the time especially those guitars they're beaten down to a pulp as far sure. as you know it, i'm sure you're gonna get drunk idiot you know <sighs> throwing it on the ground too. i always get i always i always get a little overzealous <clears throat> and i just periodically through my little jam i Turn it up just a half. Turn right. it up just a half, and then I get the guy coming around. And goes, hey man, you gotta hey. turn down. <laughs> All right, I'll turn down. My bad. That's turn funny. up. <laughs> That's great. Um, so uh, uh, I'll ask a question that we always ask to. We asked it to to Chris and got a really fun answer because Chris had oh, his time at Peabody's. My, my Do you want to ask the question? Yeah, yeah, All right, go ahead. All right. In in your professional career of all things holy and unholy. Um, what's the craziest thing you have seen or done? Seen first. Seen first or done. I mean, I don't know. I've seen some crazy shit, and then I had to get involved, so I guess I could have. Okay, so I guess <laughs> but, you know. That's hard. I have uh, a memory of a goldfish, um, so it, 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 it doesn't always resonate with me sometimes. Um, I don't know. I mean... <sighs> <laughs> I put him on the spot. Yeah, yeah I mean, I... I, I re- oh, you want me to tell you Chris's answer? Because maybe it'll give you some context. Yeah. Uh, Chris's answer was, uh, and I don't remember the name of the band right now. It wasn't Mayhem, but it was one of those crazy satanic black metal bands. Wittane. Thank you. And he, he had to, like, backstage... I know he might have told you the story about the blood. Oh, I, no, I the, know the story. Okay, so, so that was his answer. So maybe that's a bar that you can... Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you, know. uh, you get some weird writer requests every now and then. Oh, and Wittane was always definitely... Always an, an interesting uh, example with you know pig's blood and just mm-hmm. uh, r- r- real raw and meat. Think that and they just do that like, every single tour date. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like man. How is PETA not outside with their signs? Oh, I know. It's just <laughs> like you know, uh, man. I, I really wish I had a good answer for this. Nothing really stands out. I mean, we have some really good ghost stories uh, for well, the it's Agora. It's an old venue, so it's got to be, yeah. That works. Have you cool. had any experiences yourself? Oh, a, a, a ton. Ooh. Um, okay, tell, tell, tell me some of this. Okay, uh, so, um, you know, prior to the renovation and whatnot, um, I used to work with 
uh, a paranormal investigation company called uh, Black Sheep Paranormal. Okay. Uh, they had been doing investigations at the venue for, for years before we had came sure. in. So they were um, familiar with all the ghosts. Yeah. So oh, they, that's Shirley. Don't mind her. And, and, you know, <laughs> and they actually have like legitimate research and like they're looking wow. up all these names and like they have all this data to back all of this stuff up. Wow. Um, Were so, there ever any fires in its history? Or anything like that that in, would in that building? I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I mean, obviously the the second Agora burned down yes. in eighty four, right? Uh, which in eighty six they moved to our current location. I don't know if ghosts can do like move <coughs> like that. But see, the <laughs> the building itself has been around since nineteen thirteen. Um, so obviously you you have a lot of history. Yeah. There. What was it before the Agora? I remember reading this, but I don't. So recall. in uh, it was built in nineteen twelve, uh, formed in nineteen thirteen. Um, it was, um, oh man, I'm drawing a blank here. Uh Uh-oh, this is like a day one uh, curriculum. I, I, I I literally have like this, this spiel like down to packed and for whatever reason, I can't remember the original name. That's okay. Anyway, in the, uh, and then, um, it was the Metropolitan Theater. Okay. Very, very, uh, (laughs) traditional name. Sure. Um, in the 1930s, it was the Gaiety Theater. And then um, in your 1950s, 1960s era, it was the WHK Auditorium, which, if you know your history, uh, you know, WHK radio station, a man named Alan Freed coined mm-hmm. the term rock, rock and, and roll, roll exactly in, in that location, which wow. is absolutely rich with so, history. Wow, yeah. I, I didn't realize it was there. That's mm-hmm. really cool. So it was it was the night, uh, WHK Auditorium for, for so long. And then um, I'm just giving you a little uh, sure. history thing. Uh, in 1966, Agora was formed uh, pretty much in the Little Italy district. Uh, they eventually moved uh, more towards Cleveland State Campus. Okay, where like, Peabody's yeah, kind of basi- Yeah, basically. Right? Um, and then that, that burned down in 84. Uh, and then they moved to uh, the East 55th location right. in 86. Um so the history of that building is just extremely rich. Yeah. Um. So I can't imagine, and I think it has more to do with the property as far as the hauntedness of everything. Okay. Uh, but some of my favorite stories to share um, was the first time I was kind of introduced to this investigation team, and me and uh, uh, the the team leader, if you will, our uh, name's Tina. Uh, we were kind of up in the balcony, not all the way in the last row, but pretty much towards the end. Sure. And she's explaining to me that there's this one spirit here and they call her the cleaning lady. Uh, essentially she was, uh, you know, the cleaning lady of, of the building, uh, an event for whatever reason, she fell off the balcony and, and fell to her death. So this actually happened. Yes, this actually happened. Okay. So we have a confirmed death in the Agora. I'm sure there might be a couple more. But... Um, so, <laughs> uh, we're just sitting up in the balcony, just, Complete darkness, complete silence, oh just gosh. observing. And I shit you not, we started hearing these sweeping noises. Nope. Like, psh, yep. psh, psh. and then it like zoomed all the way to the other side of the room and then stopped. Um, and then um, another situation was we were mm. sitting in, if you're looking at the stage, the very top left big bigger sweep box. Okay. Um, so we're sitting in that box. And uh, at that point, we're, uh, you know, we're seated and we can look into uh, where our theater bar is. Okay. Uh, so if you know the location of the venue, you, mm-hmm. you kind of know the general layout. Um, and we had this uh, just, it was like a Red Bull cooler. So we're sitting in all, all dark. Mm. And then the only light you see is from this Red Bull cooler. Yeah. 
And almost every single time we've done this investigation, we kind of see this shadow figure almost pace back and forth. Well, the ghost you know, likes Red Bull. I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, it gives you wings, so you may try to get yeah. out of it. Uh, <laughs> Trying to, try to get out of purgatory. All right, that's that the end of the podcast. I'll see myself. <laughs> um, so we're, we're seeing this shadow figure kind of pace back and forth. And, uh, you know, Tina kind of calls out, you know, to this spirit and says, hey, if somebody's over there, please make a sound. And without any hesitation, these tower of cups hit the ground. And it was just, it was just so instant. It was so immediate. Oh, it was yeah. like, wow, that just happened. And like, no one, none of her friends were hiding behind the bar pushing no, the cups. No, we're literally <laughs> all in the top, top balcony area. Did it scare the shit out of you? We were just amazed. I, I would have been like, oh shit, I gotta get out of here, man. And, and then, like, how thin is the string that she's pulling? And, 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 then, and then the final, final story I'll, I'll tell uh, for, for the ghost adventures, if you will. Um, I wasn't personally around, but the story was told to me and it, it's always resonated with me. So I'll always tell it, um, you know, back when they were you know doing investigations or whatever, uh, on their team, they had a retired police officer, like Cleveland police officer. Okay. So, you, so he's you, seen some shit. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, he's seen his, his, his stuff, uh, for sure. So, you know, you would think, you know, he's pretty courageous, you know, pretty, pretty fearless overall. Um, and they say, Hey, um, you know, we think there's this spirit in the men's room or whatever. Uh, we have a utility closet also in the men's room as well. Sure. Um, so they, they do a little bit of investigating uh, in there. So he's, he's in the men's room solo, just kind of by himself. He's not really picking up on anything, so whatever. The guy goes to take a piss, mm -mm. and he's just you know standing up straight, mm -hmm. you know, looking straight at the wall. All of a sudden, over the shoulder, he hears, <laughs> and he comes out white as a freaking ghost. And it was like, I can't believe that just happened. Nope. Scared, yeah. scared the shit wow. out of him. So yeah, I'm a very much a believer in the ghosts and the spirits. <laughs> oh, it, and stuff. it's it's absolutely real mm -hmm. because you know when you know this team approached me, I was you know I'm open to it. Like I'm never everybody's skeptic yeah. until you see it. And I've never like, oh, personally fuck. experienced anything you know prior right. to that, but it's just like. You know, now that I've I've done a couple investigations, I'm like mm. th there's just something about hey man, that room. I went to the the Mansfield Reformatory. <clears throat> I never had a ghost experience until I went there. Mm -hmm. I came out looking white too. It yep. was like wow, I, man. I mean, it, it, there, there's just something about that property that um, really just makes them come out. So, yeah, yeah. Um, very cool. I, I wish I had a, a really cool uh, story to go with it. I, I wasn't personally there, but. Um, our graphics girl did a ghost hunt with Post Malone uh, a couple of years ago, so that was at, pretty cool. Where's at that? The Agora. At the Agora, really? Yeah, because yeah. oh. yeah, we we had him in 2000 and that sounds like something he would do. 17 or 16. Okay. And after the show, they went out and just kind of roamed the buildings, that's you know, neat. by themselves, and uh, they did a little ghost hunt. So. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool story. Cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, I, I I wish I had something. Uh, extra no but hey man and the, like the story's to be written too cool. you know? so yeah I'm of sure course uh, yeah more. i mean there's plenty more to come that's so. right um did you have anything else you wanted to ask him before we uh, wrap it up ian I think that's good. cool um i'll probably will you be at kill switch engage i uh, gotta assume thousand percent there we go so i'll probably Absolutely. see you at, at uh, kill switch engage uh i'm sure we'll, we're, we're in the talk and talks with their pr about getting them on the podcast or any of those bands, man, great. that's a great uh, Yeah, film, I mean, ABR, so. Light the Torch. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Howard's going to be, you know, 
Oh, you know he will at least do uh, what uh, signal fire with them for sure. Uh, I'd love to see take this oath. I'd, oh, oh uh, I'd love to see all. Of it. I'm just talking about the new one that Jesse even and him even did if together. they just like just kind of like t- turns would be so cool. That would be really because I mean it's just like I, I love Jesse and like Alive or Just Breathing is easily one of my favorite mm-hmm. metalcore albums of all time, yep. hands down. But just to see that that like little switch off would just be so cool. Robes of Sharon for me. Yeah. Would be, would I mean, be the one that, and a heartache. I mean, but it's just, well, yeah, we could just go name, but it, name, name. it's just like, you know, everyone's like team Howard and team Jesse. And it's just like, fuck y- that. Y- you can't do that. Dude, that They're, seriously, that new song, they did signal fire with both of them on mm-hmm. it. I, I got goosebumps watching that music video because they're just like hyping each other up. Right, and, like, but uh, but they're just so different. They are, and, and, it, and it's just like one's very operatic and one's kind yeah. of like that that uh, traditional, traditional, right? So it, yeah, it's cool. I'm looking forward to that show. Yeah, and um, August Burns Red too. Like, oh I mean, my God. come on, yeah, I mean, and that new you, tune they just came out with is hard, mm-hmm, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I, there's a lot of I'll be at the Agora probably a lot this summer. We will be so. Hey, me too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, hey, if you're listening, if you're in the Northeast Ohio area or Ohio in general and you want to make a pilgrimage, check out, or even even in Erie, PA or Detroit, and you just want to check out a legendary venue, go to the Agora. Like Mike said, they've got events out the wazoo all year long. They did 100 last year. They're probably going to do 150 this year or something crazy. Let's do it. Let's do it, right. I, I ain't so. got anything else to do. So. <laughs> awesome, man. Um Thanks for coming on. Uh, for those listening, we are doing Escape the Fate next week. Like, like I said, we'll have volumes on. We'll have Bad Omens on as well. Working on Crystal Lake or Fit for a King here or there. Um, Ill Gates. Uh, working on some things with Radiate. We'll see how that goes. So we're going to try to diversify the guest list a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. And uh, as always, we're out. We're out.